Then Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons to cure disease, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. He said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, not even an extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there and leave from there. Wherever they do not welcome you as you are leaving that town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They depart and went through the villages, bringing the good news and curing disease everywhere. The next reading is from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through to 21. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the labourer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick who are there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, on that day it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chosen, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the deeds of power done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But at the judgment it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon than for you, and you, Capernaum, will be exalted to heaven. No, you'll be brought down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that same hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, 
because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to the infants. Yes, for Father, such was your gracious will. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. Uh, this morning uh, we're looking, as we continue our series in the supernatural, uh, uh, miracles. Uh, the disciples were sent out and the 72 were sent out and they were sent out by uh, Jesus to uh, do miraculous things. Uh, they were sent out with, without cloak and without staff to go into towns and wherever they brought a peace uh, and they brought the kingdom of God and they prayed for the sick and the sick were healed and the demons were driven out and uh, the world was changed as a result of the, the 12 and then the, the 72 going out to bring the kingdom of God. Uh, Jesus, uh, through his ministry, did many miracles. He, he healed uh, many sick people. Uh, all the sick people that were brought to him were healed. Uh, demons were driven out. Uh, the, the feeding of the 5,000. There were many miraculous things that happened through the, the work and ministry of Jesus, uh, things that uh, don't fit within our understanding. Uh, when we think of a, a miracle, we, we think of something uh, maybe we, we don't understand. We, we don't understand the nature of how it worked. Uh, when they thought of, of miracles and miracles happening, uh, the, the questions that began to, to raise for them is, what was written in the Old Testament, is it beginning to be fulfilled in Jesus? And so when John's disciples are hearing all that Jesus is doing, healing all the people, curing diseases, raising the dead, uh, John sends them with a question to Jesus. And the question is, uh, are you the one? Uh, Jesus says, go and tell John what you have seen and what you've heard. The blind receive sight, uh, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf here the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them. Jesus says, all these things are signs that I am the Messiah. He, he is the one that is fulfilled. He is the one that they were expecting, the one who was to come. Uh, he comes to a, to a world without hope in order to bring hope. And we see God's redemptive love poured out to lots of different people. Uh, all the people that came to Jesus received compassion. Even the woman that just touched the edge of his cloak, power went out from him and she received healing that she hadn't been able to overcome in any other way. Uh, that's the, the way things went as Jesus uh, declared the good news and his kingdom came. What we see in the middle of that is that God didn't just care about telling people about life that could last forever. He cared about the salvation of a whole person, uh, body, mind, spirit, soul. Uh, so as people were coming to him, he would heal them. He would speak the good news and he would invite them to, to come and follow him, to be his disciples. Uh, many people saw the miracles and the, the Pharisees saw the people seeing the miracles of people who were blind uh, receiving their sight and, and they were worried that the whole world was going to come and follow this man that could raise people from the dead and bring sight to the blind. Uh, God cares about uh, whole people. Uh, the, the, but also the whole of people being redeemed. So in the middle of that, we're, we're asked the, the question, what is, what is a miracle? Is it just that back then 
Uh, they didn't understand the way things work. And, and now we understand a lot more things. They needed miracles, but, but we have science. And a lot of people in the world that we live in would have that sort of opinion that once, once you've got science, once you've got doctors, you, you, you don't really need miracles. Uh, so so what, what is a miracle? I, I was talking uh, before uh, to, to someone who shared a story of a family member that they have who had cancer that, that they didn't know about and went to the doctor and the doctor treated it, but then he, he saw all the malignant cells go away and he, he said, uh, I don't understand it, it's, it's, a, it's a miracle. And so we often hear this thought, it's a, it's a miracle, but what can we define a miracle to actually be? We, we can define it as, as this, an event that defies our understanding of how the natural order of the world works, where God has directly intervened, where, where God has intervened in order to work in a way that defies our understanding of the way the natural world works. Uh, so so what's, what's the, the purpose of a miracle? Uh, we, we see it in Scripture, what the purpose of a miracle is. We, we see uh, from chapter 10 uh, today, uh, when you enter a town, they're instructed and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you, heal the sick who are there, and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Uh, in one of the other Gospels, it's, it's reversed around, tell them the kingdom of God has come near, uh, and then heal the, the sick. Uh, but uh, one of the things miracles reflect is that God's kingdom has come near to people, that God has drawn near. Uh, we see in Luke chapter 10, 17 and 20, uh, the 72 returned with joy. Uh, and so miracles produce joy. Uh, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Uh, so they would have seen demons causing sickness and, and mental disease uh, cast out from people. And Jesus said, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you but rejoice that the, your names are written in heaven. So the purpose of the miracles as the disciples in the 72 went out was as the good news was proclaimed, the good news that there is a new king and a new kingdom, uh, that that good news was affirmed by the miracles, the, the works of power that were done connected to the message that was proclaimed. And, and as you look through the New Testament, you see this common uh, sort of, connection between the word proclaimed and then miracles that happen. Uh, we see in John 20, uh, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. So Jesus did many other signs not written. So that means what we have here in the Bible is very much the highlights reel of the ministry of Jesus, that there was lots of signs. And so when the, the Bible talks about miracles, that's one of the, the words it uses, sign. This was a sign, something that points to something else. Many things uh, were done by Jesus. Uh, but the purpose of these miracles was to point to him, that he is the Messiah, the one to come, uh, that a new kingdom was here. We, we also see the Gospels uh, refer to miracles as an act of power, uh, something incredible, something unusual, a, a wonder, uh, something amazing. Uh, 
sometimes it's referred to as a, a work of God, a, a deed, uh, God working to bring about something miraculous. And, and so you, you might come to a more succinct de- definition that it's an incredible event beyond what is regarded as humanly possible in which the identity and work of God is seen on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray on earth uh, as it is in heaven. And, and so we're asking the reality of heaven to be made a reality on earth. Uh, what do we know of heaven? There's no sickness, there's no crying, there's no mourning, there's no pain, there's no disease, there is no death. Uh, so what we're seeing is, is heaven being made manifest in reality on earth when we see a miracle come. Uh, So miracles bear witness to the nature of God's kingdom as an affirmation of his word. So they bear witness to the nature of God that he actually does care about people. We we know his kingdom is eternal and the the life and the treasure that we look forward to in heaven is... we also know that, that he loves us and we do see miracles on earth. So, so where, where can we expect to see miracles most? Uh, in Mark's gospel, it says this, uh, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Uh, when the good news is being proclaimed... When the kingdom is coming near uh, to where it is not, we can expect on the, on the fringe of the kingdom to, to see God work miraculous things. Uh, miracles should rightly cause us to, to not only ask how, but to ask this question, who? Who is this God? Uh, a lot of the time when, when things that are miraculous happen uh, if there's no word proclaim if there's no declaration oh isn't it amazing what god has done people are going well i'm not sure how but the the question that the bible talks about for miracles is is who who has done this not not how has it happened but who is this god that has has done this Uh, when we in culture uh, or in hospitals see miracles that happen we, we say how has this happened i don't understand how has this happened? But when the Bible talks about miracles, it's about who? Who has, has done this? Uh, I, I think uh, if you've spent any length of time in hospital talking to doctors, you, you realize their understanding is far less than we would, would hope that a doctor's understanding is. And their, their ability to fix things is, is far more limited than we would like it to be. And, and so this, this space of human ability... And God's ability, this gap, is where God does miraculous things. We know that doctors have a miraculous understanding of how the body works that they didn't have back in the time of Jesus. And the surgery, the work that doctors do is often miraculous. The margins of success are bigger because God is at work through them. And so we see God miraculously working through the medical profession today. Uh, but the question it should bring to our mind is who? So, so who is a miracle? Of, who is a worker of miracles? Who gets to do miracles? 
uh, in John's Gospel, uh, this is said to us uh, as disciples of Jesus. Uh, Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works. That's where miracle is a, is a work. The, the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. That, that is as Jesus ascends and he gives us his spirit and he distributes the people of God. Uh, the one aspect of, of greater is that if you have more people doing the same thing you've done, there, there will be a greater multiple of works that happen. Uh, greater works than these because I am going to the Father. But another aspect of greater is that uh, miracles that, that happen will be more significant than what we read about in the work of Jesus. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that my Father may be glorified in the Son. So one of the purposes of miracles uh, done through Jesus is that the Father may be glorified through uh, the Son, that as Jesus is declared, the kingdom is declared, and God does miracles, God will be glorified. Uh, so uh, he's able to say, if you ask in my name for anything, I, I will do it. And so that comes as we come to a place of a alignment with him. Uh, we, we see in the Acts, as the early church is formed, we see lots of miracles. Uh, the crowd with one accord listened eagerly to what was said by Philip, hearing and seeing the signs, so that's a word for miracles that he did, uh, for unclean spirits crying out with loud shrieks came out of many who were possessed. Many others who were paralyzed or lame were cured. So there was great joy in the city. And so we see miracles uh, as the word is proclaimed, as the word goes forward. Miracles are just by nature what accompanies. The, the word goes forward with truth and power. Uh, accompanied together. So Acts 19, uh, this is one of the passages that fascinates me. God did extraordinary, extraordinary miracles through Paul so that when even the handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were brought to the sick, their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. I wonder if you've thought of that, the, a, a bit of cloth it touches Paul, and then they take that bit of cloth to someone that is sick, and that person in that moment is healed. <laughs> uh, I don't know about you, but I, I find that amazing, uh, the, the God will work in that sort of way. But with my, my very much Western upbringing and understanding, I don't, I don't believe the world works that way, so I don't even try these things. And uh, often with miracles, uh, we, we would say that uh, we, don't, we, sit, we don't see many miracles because we don't pray for many miracles. We don't see many miracles because we don't pray for many miracles. We don't understand how to pray for miracles but because we don't pray for miracles. The disciples went out and, and they went and they healed people and they cast demons out of people and then they came back to Jesus and said, Jesus, this worked. That was amazing. Jesus said, don't celebrate that. Celebrate him who works. But, but he also said where, where it didn't work, this is, this is what you need to do to approach the situation in order to see miracles. Now, now I know in, in China and Africa uh, that where they don't have the same level of medical help, they're very much reliant on and believing in the supernatural world and they see miracles happen at a far greater rate than we would see in our Western world miracles happen and that's because god still wants to work miracles today 
God still wants to work miracles today. I've heard stories about people that have done exactly this. Prayed over scarves and handkerchiefs and then taken those to the people that were sick and the people were healed. Now that, that just blows my understanding of the way the world works. Uh, I, I think in our, our Western world, uh, enlightenment uh, thinking, uh, we, we want uh, the world to be structured and ordered in a way that removes potential for error. And so there's a, there's a problem with miracles. Uh, we know miracles happen on the, the fringe of the kingdom. Uh, the, often as the kingdom is being expanded, that's when the most miracles tend to happen. Why is that? It's, it's because uh, God is testifying to who He is. Do you know, for every single person here, uh, God's will is to heal. Uh, but we don't know whether it's in eternity that, that in heaven we all get perfect bodies. We're restored to who we were designed to be or, or whether it's on earth. Uh, part of the problem for us as a church is when we see something not happen, our concluded theology is it doesn't happen. But theology for us, how we understand the way God works, is meant to be informed by Scripture. And then because it hasn't worked, we don't go, oh, God doesn't work this way. We say, God... I'm not sure why it hasn't worked out this way. And we don't let our experience create our theology. We let the Scripture create theology and then seek to go, God, um, help me understand the way this is meant to work in the world. Now, the, the way this was playing out a thousand years ago uh, was people lived in a world which was far more superstitious. Uh, they lived in a world where things happened and they gave glory to God. They saw miracles or they gave glory to some other being that they thought the who that had achieved this particular thing. Uh, in, the, in the time, uh, so, so a lot of the, the monks, the, like the desert monks, were workers of miracles. And you can read lots of stories about these amazing people that did amazing things that sound like what Jesus was doing and what the disciples were doing in the Bible. Then in the time of the Reformation, so uh, the, the power had sort of centralized and the, the power was being used in a way that was abusive towards the people. If you give money, you will receive this. The reformers came in. And they said, no, this is actually what Scripture says. They, they wanted to open Scripture for the general people to read and understand, for people to understand who Jesus is and what grace is is and if you've ever seen something miraculous happen you'll know it can affect your way of thinking but so people would say no 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 but this person did this miracle therefore i believe what they say i don't believe what this says and and so the the power was contained in experience rather than being informed by the word and people were being led astray because the power of experience was leading them to uh, understand that people who were speaking things that didn't line up with Scripture were more true than what Jesus had said in Scripture. And so the, the problem of miracles becomes it can uh, lead us off the path. Uh, I have a, a friend who received a miracle uh, who was convinced because of it to come 
to be a follower of Jesus. He, he had glasses. He was uh, given some instructions around a prescription. Uh, and I've prayed for the miracle of my eyes being fixed. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, not because I don't believe God has. But he wasn't a Christian. And he, and he said this little prayer, God, uh, if you are who you are, heal my eyes. Suddenly he didn't need glasses. <laughs> went back to the, the person who prescribed him the glasses and they said, it's a miracle. You, you don't need glasses anymore. And he has become a passionate follower of Jesus because of that. Now, it could have gone another way <laughs> if, if that had happened and someone else had led, it to, uh, led him somewhere else uh, and connected things differently. Uh, then he may have gone to follow someone or something else another way uh, but for him uh, it worked out really well now if you were to say to him God's not real he will point back to that and say no no I have undeniable evidence both my own experience and the uh, the optometrist testimony that I've seen God work now, so the problem of miracles for them back in the Reformation time was people would go, well, I, I took this bone from a saint and I received healing as I put my hands on it. I went and visited the graveside of this saint and I received healing. Uh, there's a, uh, a place called New, so New Norsica over in uh, Western Australia and they have this painting of, of Mary up on the wall. Uh, they, the, a guy came to retrieve his wife who he'd abused and they were harboring and they said we won't give her to you and so he went away and he burned a crop and being good catholics what did they do they grabbed the painting of mary held the painting of mary up in the face of the fire and the f and prayed to god that the fire would turn its face and not consume the crops which were just ready for harvest what happened the wind changed their crops didn't get consumed. What are they then, as a result, going to conclude the truth is? <laughs> that, that if you pray or hold up a, a painting of Mary, that you're going to receive the result that you want. So this, this was the challenge that the Reformation was coming up against. And so the conclusion that they came to was miracles don't happen. Because it was easier to say to people, don't expect the miraculous to happen, than to deal with the tension of things happening that they didn't understand and leading people to go, actually, this was Jesus. God is real. And, and you don't get a miracle by giving money to the church. You actually get a miracle by praying to the one who brings heaven to earth. And so in the Protestant church, which the Anglican church has been birthed from, there has been this resistance to the supernatural and miracles because people can use that as evidence for believing their theology and it can be abused. Uh, through the 60s and the 70s, uh, there was healing revivalists. There's some really good, faithful healing revivalists who prayed and they'd see significant people uh, healed, people, uh, significant amounts of people throwing away crutches and uh, hopping out of wheelchairs but then there was people in that movement that were using it to line their bank accounts with money abusing it and so there's been a resistance within the Protestant church uh, to the working of miracles because things have been misused so that's some of the, the problem of miracles we, there's sometimes counterfeits that happen but that, that wasn't new back in Acts uh, chapter 19 there's Simon the sorcerer he was a a worker of magic 
a worker of miracles, not magic in the way that we understand with sleight of hand, doing things maybe empowered by uh, spirits that were not uh, the Spirit of God. Uh, and so in that time, there's was, there was people doing real things that were convincing, but then when they saw the disciples and what they did, they were convinced that there was actually someone who was better as they gave testimony that this power comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so the result was a number of those who practiced magic collected their books, uh, their formulas for achieving miraculous outcomes and burned them publicly. When the value of these books was calculated, it was found to come to 50,000 silver coins. And so the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. See, God's word is designed to prevail even in the face of counterfeits. Uh, we, we don't need to protect God from the potential for other people to misinterpret God. But what it does mean is we can expect counterfeits. For every true work of God, there's a counterfeit work that the enemy will try and work in people's lives. The whole New Age movement. People experience spiritual things, but they're all counterfeits of the greater glory that is available to everyone in Jesus Christ. Uh, so we can expect people to follow those ways as they haven't experienced because they haven't had a greater experience and heard about a greater one. Uh, we can expect people to seek glory for themselves rather than giving glory to God. Uh, we hear uh, of the people that, that come to the, the Lord at the end and say, what about the prophecies and what about the miracles that I did? And the proclamation to them is, get away from me, I never knew you. So, so there will be people that do things that have the appearance of the miraculous and, uh, that Jesus did and yet don't, don't come from him. And so that's not a reason, though, to steer clear of miracles because well, why do we still need miracles? Because there's counterfeits today that need to realize that there's actually a greater power. There's actually a greater God. Uh, the, the people at the fringes of the kingdom need to hear and know and understand that God is real. I've seen God heal lots of things, uh, lots of backs, knees, uh, ankles, uh, stomach issues, uh, seen God heal lots of ways. I've also not seen God heal, and, and it will be easy for me to take my theology that uh, is formed by experience that God doesn't always heal everything and go, well, God doesn't heal. But the truth is, uh, God wants to continue to display his word in power as he draws people into his kingdom. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these. God's desire is to draw all people to himself, to his son Jesus, that his name will be lifted high. So how do we cultivate an environment for miracles to happen? Uh, three Simple things, proclaim Jesus, <laughs> proclaim God's word, proclaim of a king and a kingdom that is better than the, the kings and the kingdoms of this world and that people are invited to be part of it and experience new life in him. Seek out need, look for needs. Uh, when, when I've been and talked with people uh, that have shared with me sickness or, or problems they're experiencing, I'll say to them, can I pray for you? So that third step, Pray for people as we see a need uh, for God's kingdom come. Pray that his kingdom will come. So, so how do we pray? 
It's, it's really simple. Uh, we're, we're praying on earth, God, bring your reality of heaven to earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Bring forward heaven for a believer. Healing is all of ours. We're saying, bring it forward, Lord. We, we would love to see it now. We're saying, Lord, interrupt the natural order, the natural way things work with the order of heaven. Make things new because in heaven he's going to make all things new, even our bodies. The, the trajectory for all of us is that we will get sick and old and uh, our bodies will fail and we will die. But in heaven we get new spiritual bodies, perfect bodies with no flaw, no failure, no slope of decline. So what about when we don't see miracles? Uh, that's, I, I think, really hard. I've prayed for lots of miracles and, and not seen them in, in some spaces, and I need to continually remind myself that I don't let my theology be formed by my experience. I let God continue to inform my theology, and I pray, believing that God wants to bring heaven to earth and that all things are restored in heaven. And in the middle of that, uh, we, we pray and we trust and we lean on God and we don't say, God, I don't think you're God because this hasn't happened. But God, you are God. Please do this. And we trust that in the middle of that, He holds our hearts. Uh, what's the role of faith? Uh, the, in the Bible, uh, there's often a connection between uh, people having faith or, and seeing uh, God work healing uh, but is it a direct connection? No, the, the sometimes people with no faith and they receive healing. It seems that, that when there is greater faith, e even the spiritual gift of faith, which we talked about a few weeks ago, that the, the result is more likely. When you have faith that God heals in a particular way because you've seen it happen, you're more likely to have faith, which means maybe you're more likely to see it happen. But it's not a guarantee. It's, it's God and His sovereign work of bringing healing from heaven to earth. Uh, but does it mean that we still need to, to pray and hope? Oh, of course. Of course. I, I think in the world that we live in today, we're, we're less likely to pray. Uh, one church that I spoke about healing and how God loves to heal and how healing happens today. And at the end of the, the church service, I was talking to a guy. He said, oh, I've had this real problem with my ear and uh, I've been getting constant headaches. And I said, oh, come pray for you. He said, oh, no, 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 that, 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 that's a Panadol when I get home. I, uh, God, God gives us the gift of medicine, but we, we still need to pray and expect God to work in partnership with it, in partnership with doctors, but, but also over and above in ways that we don't necessarily comprehend or understand because that, that's who God is. He is a miracle-working God who is able to do far more than we think of or imagine. So as I finish uh, this morning, I'd like you to ask uh, yourself the, the question, where, where do we, where do I uh, see the need for a miracle? It might be in the political space, it might be in a personal space, it might be uh, in yourself, it might be in someone that you know. Where, where do I see the, the need for a miracle? And as we think and we, we pray on this, I'm going to pray and then a, a song's going to come up. You can, you can join in 
uh, with the song uh, as uh, you like, but I encourage you just to sit and pray for God, say, for this space where I need a, a miracle, where we need a miracle on earth. Bring on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, so Lord, uh, thank you that you are a miracle working God. Thank you that you love us, that you care for us, that you know what's on our heart, the, the challenges of seen and, and not seen and, and yet desiring. Uh, Lord, we pray that you uh, would work in us as we look to you, our miracle working God. In Jesus' name, amen.